Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're going to have two guests, a first for The Conversation. We'll talk with Lieutenant Jamila Suarez and Sergeant Donna Hans, both of the Fairfax County Sheriff's Office, and we're going to talk about the Child ID Fingerprinting Program as well as the Child Safety Seat Inspection Program. So thanks to both of you for being with us on The uh, County Conversation. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. As I said, it's, it's a first. We've never had two guests on the conversation, so you're, you're trendsetters. So, uh, Thank you. Yeah, start with a little bit about who you are. Get to know you, you, you gals. I was going to say you guys, but you ladies, uh, officers with the, the sheriff's office. Uh, Jamila, we'll start with you. Lieutenant, Fairfax County Sheriff's Office. How, how did you get to the sheriff's office? Was it something you always dreamed about? I want to I be a deputy sheriff? Actually, no. Um, and it's it's very interesting when you're with our agency, the backgrounds that a lot of my coworkers have. For me, I, I was a secretary before I came here, and I had been a secretary for about five years and was at a, a point in my life where I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do long term mm. and was looking for the, the next step. I did a lot of um, online sort of career assessment kind of quizzes and things like that, and what seemed to really fit my strengths and interests were um, all pointed to a law enforcement career. Hmm. Uh, I actually wanted to be a private investigator. Okay. And to be a private investigator, everything said that you should have a law enforcement background. Hmm. So I decided to get a law enforcement background, and that was 15 years ago. And, and uh, here state. I am, still yeah, with the state. sheriff's office. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, native Fairfax County, you've always been in the area? I grew up in Alexandria. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. One of the few few folks. Yes, actually <laughs> native to this area. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> All right, Donna, Sergeant with the sheriff's office, same thing for you? I mean, was it was it a natural kind of calling to? In a way, I have family that's been in law enforcement for years, mm-hmm. and I always was very fascinated by what they did. Yeah. I originally wanted to work with juveniles, and Hmm. oddly enough, I am now assigned to the Juvenile and Domestic Relations Court as a court security supervisor. Okay. But I, yeah, I thought, let me try this and see if it goes towards juvenile, and 20 years later, I'm still here. But it it does seem like family plays a big part in a lot of, not every, but a lot of law enforcement uh, careers. Yes, I think so, too. Yeah, kind of seeing that, or military background, et cetera. Uh, how about you? Always in the Fairfax area? I grew or? up in Arlington. Arlington? Wow. Yeah, I haven't left. <laughs> okay, we've got a couple of native uh, Two county locals. areas. Yes. Yeah, that, well, it doesn't happen often. I'm originally from North Carolina and moved up here, so so it doesn't, doesn't happen often. Um, you mentioned, uh, Donna, that you're with the, the juvenile area with the sheriff's. What was that program you mentioned? Or the it's the, I'm in charge of the, well, second in charge of the court security. Court security, program okay. For the juvenile and domestic relations court. Okay. Oversee the courtrooms and what goes on okay. in each courtroom. And we're going to be specifically talking with you about the child safety seat program, yes. which you're involved with, and then Jamila with the child ID fingerprinting program. But that's not your full-time job either? That's right. That's okay. not my primary duty either. Okay. We um, pretty much all of these uh, other programs, community relations programs and things like that that the sheriff's office has are ancillary duties to what mm-hmm. our primary function is. So my primary job is I'm the supervisor in our alternative incarceration branch, which most people know for our work release program or for our electronic incarceration, which a lot of people call like ankle bracelet or home, um, home, home arrest. Okay. <laughs> that sounds interesting and scary all at the same time. <laughs> 
tell me a little bit more about that, and then we're going to go talk court security, and then we'll start talking about the individual programs sure. as well. Sure. Alternative incarceration, um, not many of the, I think it's a lesser known program for the sheriff's office. Most people know that we manage the jail, but we do yeah. offer some alternatives to regular incarceration so that there are some people who are considered low risk, uh, minimum custody, and even medium custody. We house those in a building that's right next to the jail, and those people go out on work release, which they could be working at a local store in your community, Hmm. they could be servicing your car, something like that, and then they come in the evenings and spend their evenings in the jail, and that's Hmm. how they serve out their sentence. We also house people who do our community labor force, so those may be the inmates you see on the side of the road cleaning up graffiti or local parks, Mm -hmm. uh, mowing the grass. They do a lot of um, lawn service and Mm -hmm. things like that. And then we also have some inmates to qualify for our home incarceration program where they actually serve out their sentence sitting at home and they wear uh, a GPS ankle bracelet and we monitor them that way. Can't leave the house or the area or something. Who who makes the determination that someone is eligible for one of these three programs? Is it the sheriff's office or is it the courts? The sheriff's office ultimately makes the determination as to whether or not they're eligible. The court recommends people and also court orders them per se, meaning Mm. that they would like for them to take part in that program. But we have certain criteria that would disqualify someone. So I have a screening team that reviews anyone who might be eligible and they ultimately make the decision Mm -hmm. as to whether or not someone can come Mm. into one of those programs. Is um, you know, this is a, an argument I, or a, a statement uh, that we hear a lot about prison overcrowding and overpopulation? Are these alternative kind of programs aimed at re- helping reduce prison population primarily, or is it just an added benefit? It's not aimed directly at reducing the prison overcrowding, overcrowding, although that is an issue here in Virginia, and it does help with that. We Mm. do end up having a lot of inmates who have extended stays, so to speak, in our jail because there's no room in the Department of Corrections for them to get transferred. So these programs do offer an alternative to alleviating the jail population and giving... a lot of what we're about in the alternative incarceration branch is trying to give second chances and helping people transition back into the community after they're released. Mm-hmm. So it gives them that opportunity right, as well right. if they're eligible. Okay. And, and, and maybe if folks visit the courts, uh, Donna, they may or may not be surprised to see sheriff's officers in the courts, at the courts. That's maybe. one of our primary functions yeah. is that we are court security officers inside the courtroom just making sure that everything stays in order there's no disruptions and if there are any disruptions then we have to deal with it on a case-by-case basis right. and fairfax county may be unique i don't know how many other jurisdictions but in addition to having the sheriff's office also has a police department so maybe that's a lot of times confusing for folks that maybe your first-time offenders or have to go to courts for other business that see a lot of sheriff's officers there and maybe don't quite understand yes they're are quite a few people even that live in outlying areas going, you have both? Right. Because there are some counties, even in Northern Virginia, that just have one. Right, right one or the other. Yes. So what what is court security? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but I mean, there's lots of different levels, I'm assuming, and a lot of things that sheriff's officers, sheriff's deputies are involved with in providing that security. Yes, in, within the courthouse, we have different levels. We have um, people that will maintain the security and the everyday functions of the actual courthouse. And then we have the court security officers, which are inside the courtroom mm. with the judge, who's that's our main function is to make sure that everything is maintained in orderly fashion right. and that the judge is 
secure and safe. Okay. You'll hear people refer to them as bailiffs. Yeah, yeah I think okay. that's what people commonly yeah. know it as. But they they do more than stand there and bring the Bible yes, over. Kind yes, yes, we <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yes, I don't think anyone brings the Bible over okay. anymore. So they, no, they don't I don't believe so. Do no. Oh, interesting. So Not in juvenile court. They may. Do you swear okay. to tell the truth, the yeah. whole truth? Yes. No, that okay. doesn't happen. They're watching too much <laughs> Not TV. like that. Okay. Yes. So juvenile court, that's different than... Yes, juvenile and domestic relations. Of course, the juvenile would be any issues related to anyone under the age of 18. Huh. And domestic relations are either child custody issues, child support. Oftentimes, it's divorce issues. Hmm. But those seem like they could have the potential for being having more issues than maybe a criminal trial. Because yes, because there's family, a lot of emotions involved. Yeah, exactly. Is there I, special trial? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'd venture to say, because I worked in court security previously, that you have more issues in juvenile and domestic relations courts than you do in general district or, or circuit court, mm. just because of the high level of emotions yeah. and things like that involved in those cases. Is there special training you, you guys and officers have to go through? They for have training for to be a court security officer mm. and how to deal with the day-to-day operations plus any kind of emergencies that yeah. may yeah. have, you know, excuse me, that we may encounter. Yeah. Well, and I, I know I went to the, the courthouse uh, building for a meeting a few months ago, and I hadn't been there in a while, and there's been a lot of construction, a lot of, you know, uh, modernization, but also from way back when, when I went, there's just a tremendous uh, increase in security. Yes. Uh, having to go through the, the, you know, taking off the shoes and the belt and doing all that kind of thing. It's it's a different time that we're living in. Yes, it is. What what kind of challenges has that brought? What does that mean for you, for you and your officers? It's made us, we have to be more aware because of everything that has changed over the few years and minimal amount of, I'm trying to think of the exact word I'm looking for, and mm. I know you've worked over there before, um, People can't bring in things that they might expect that they can bring in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that creates some friction sometimes True. with, you know, people not being able to bring in a certain item or I don't understand why not. And then the lines then increase and hmm. emotions get in the right, way sometimes, right, right. which is understandable. It can be very busy standing in line and, and very hot right. or, or cold, depending on the weather. Well, but it is a sign of the times. I think um, you saw we saw a big increase, of course, in security after 9-11, which mm. at pretty much any um, government agency did. And we used to not allow you to bring in cell phones. And that was a big thing where yeah. we had a lot of lines, long lines and things like that, because um, everyone's cell phone has a camera. Uh, and that was it was it with a camera phone. So everyone's cell phone had a camera yeah. and we did not allow cameras in. And then the chief judge, I think within the last year or so, yes. might be a little bit longer than that, um, made the decision to allow you to bring in cell phones with cameras now. Oh. So things are sort of trending, you know, in, I don't want to say a less secure fashion, but being more accommodating for some of the modern situations. Yeah, because everybody has a camera. Yeah. On Everyone has a camera. And, and, and every camera almost has a, is a And our parking garage for the public isn't camera. necessarily close to the courthouse, so trekking back to your car to lock it up. And for people who take public transportation, it's an mm, issue. Yeah. So. Well, and I think it's just like me that day when I went. It's it's uh, There has to be a little self-awareness. If you're going to go to the courthouse facility, you need to kind of go, duh, think, you know. <laughs> Maybe you do, but some people routinely carry a pocket knife, and you don't think about I, I do too. saying, yes. Oh, I can't. And that's that not in. allowed either. Yeah, in yeah. Well, and I know I I went to the police department one day and I forgot my county ID badge, and I went just walked through the metal detector like normal and beep beep beep, and it's like my my pocket knife, and I was like, oh, 
Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that either. So interesting. So let, let's get to some more maybe positive or upbeat or some okay. stuff. Let's talk some specifics on some programs. We're talking with Lieutenant Jamila Suarez and Sergeant Donna Hodds of the Fairfax County Sheriff's Office. And we're going to talking about uh, child fingerprinting and ID program and the child safety seat program. So flip a coin. Which one of you wants to go first? It doesn't matter. Oh, Donna spoke okay. first. So. <laughs> I'm the lucky one. Okay. She, she We're both good. very enthusiastic about these programs. I'd yes. love to talk to them. Yeah. So, yeah, she Donna can definitely you, go first. I, tell you. I had a feeling. Yeah. So, child safety seats. Yes. That's, that's the program that you're kind of involved with, making sure that um, the child safety seat is properly installed. Yes. And that the parents or caregivers know how to then get their child into the car seat or safety seat securely as yes. well. So talk to me about the Child Safety Seat Program. I think you have a Child Safety Seat Saturday. A lot of S's yes, there. Yes, that started <laughs> a couple of years ago um, when our current sheriff, Sheriff Kincaid, was the captain in charge of the program, and we were trying to find a way to reach out to the public because we, the sheriff's office was trying to get more involved in the program, mm -hmm. and she, with um, other members of our command staff, developed a safety seat check Saturday, which we do one Saturday a month, at our public parking garage and parents can come if they'd like to to have their seat either installed if it's never been installed before and we show them how or we and we inspect it if it's already installed mm -hmm. to see if there's any errors mm -hmm. in that installation process show them what is wrong right. and how to properly install it okay. and then how to properly place the harness straps and retainer clips on the child right uh, free service Yes, absolutely free of charge. We Invaluable. do not have any <laughs> residency requirements as some other agencies oh, in, okay. in different areas do. Um, we've had people come in at, from Maryland, D.C., wow. different parts of Virginia. It does not matter to okay. us. Okay. And one Saturday a month yes. you're doing this, and they can go to the website, fairfaxcounty.gov slash sheriff, I think, and find yes, the information. Yes, and there's a link that says child safety seat inspections, and it okay. says when they are and where they are. Okay. Normally, um, at the near the near the courthouse or in the yeah in the public, in the public par parking garage okay. public parking garage B, we've just recently moved it up or up excuse me to the third level. It's a little bit warmer. Okay. And has a little bit more light. Right. And it's like normally a two or three hour period it's, on a Saturday. Goes from eight to eleven. However, we do have to put the last car sign up at ten thirty. Okay. So that we can service everybody in that time frame. Is there so we've got about three hours? Uh, how many cars can you run through? We do an average of 90 to 100 seats. We've done wow. as many as 147, <laughs> I believe, is Holy our cow. maximum. And we've done as little as 30, so right. it just doesn't matter wow. on, the, on the time of day or right. the time of month. Right. People just go. Well, I am thankfully out of that stage <laughs> of, of my life. But if there was a place I could have gone that somebody could have, A, installed it, or, B, to make sure I had it in there correctly, I'd have been there. That, that's just an awesome service. What do folks need to know about the Child Safety Seat Saturday and the Child Safety Seat Program or anything? Say, if they hear this and they want to look and they find the date and they want to go, is there anything they need to make sure they, they bring or they do? Just the car and the car seat is all okay. we need. The, the okay. child does not have to be there. Many parent, parents excuse me, like to bring their child so that they can understand or and visually see the proper placement mm -hmm. of the harness straps, but that it's not required. And we go through step by step, and if you know they do it correctly when they come in, it's like, yay, you know, party time, so Move to speak. On, yeah. Yes, and it just makes people feel better. It's oh. not a requirement by law. Mm. It's just something that parents feel better. Uh, many of the Absolutely. hospitals will suggest it if they don't know how to put in the seat. 
Okay, well, the sheriff's office does this program. Awesome. And feel free to come there. Yeah. And I think Donna could tell you the, st the statistics on the number of improperly installed car seats are astonishing. Yes, it's probably in this area roughly 80 to 85 percent of the seats we inspect are wrong. Well, and it could so be a minor error or it could be a very, you know, large area or several errors. So, say that statistic again. It's roughly about 80% of wrong. the seats that we check. Are yes, incorrect. are incorrect. Wow. Holy cow. And most of it, the seat is just too loose. And if the seat is loose in the vehicle, that it, could cause, you know. That doesn't do a whole lot of good, does it? No, it does not. And it could cause a lot of problems if wow. they're ever in a crash. Okay. Ooh, all right. There's more I could probably ask you about that. But because of time, we want to make okay. sure we get the Child ID Fingerprint Program covered. So, Jamila, can you kind of give us a, a rundown about the Child ID Fingerprint Program? What, what does that mean? What does that do? Absolutely. It's um, another free service that the Sheriff's Office offers to uh, residents and businesses here in Fairfax County. It's, uh, we go out to events, and all of our events, basically, we're invited to participate or attend. Mm. So we do county fairs and festivals. We'll be at Celebrate Fairfax. We usually do Fall for Fair Fairfax. Uh, you'll also see us at local churches. Um, other county government agencies will invite us out to their events. Businesses will, for like their grand openings or mm. things like mm. that, um, safety days, they'll have us come out. What we produce is a PVC card that has a child's picture, a fingerprint and some identifying information such as okay. name, date of birth, height, weight, eye color, hair color, um, race and, mm -hmm. and, and gender, things like that. This card is intended for the parents to keep with their important documents at home to use in case of an emergency. It can be an important tool for law enforcement to use to help locate them should the child ever go missing. I was going to ask why it's so important to, to have, have that done. It's important because uh, although you, most parents will have a current photo of, of their child, yeah. in an emergency situation, um, again, with emotions and temperament being kind of off kilter, especially for a distressed parent, if a police officer asks you, how tall was your child or how much did they weigh, things <laughs> like tall. that. Exactly. You, you, in the sort of the heat of the moment, you might have trouble recalling all of the mm. details. This gives you one resource in one place that you can sort of hand over to law enforcement officials to help mm. locate your child if they go missing. So along that line, I'm assuming it's important to get it done annually or every We do recommend years. that parents mm. try to find an event that will be at at least, at least once a year to mm. have it updated. Okay. And again, it's still no charge. And then go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash sheriff and also find information about the child ID fingerprint program Right. It'll well. list all of the public events that we'll be at. And again, for members of the community that are interested in having us out, we do a lot of events that aren't necessarily listed on our website. Oh, and that okay. would be for communities, maybe a homeowners association oh, okay. or something like that. We do some events, especially in the summertime, for um, underprivileged children, things like that. So we don't advertise those, but if uh, a business agency or organization has an event and they're interested in having us come out, we're certainly always willing to do mm -hmm. that. What, um, uh, again, the kind of same question I asked Donna, is there anything in particular they need to, to bring to one of these? Uh, I mean, I assume the child to, to get right. the fingerprint and the, and the photo, but anything they need to do, et cetera, other than just show up? Nothing except show up. That's okay. all. Um, we do have a general guideline for children that we do children three and over. And uh -huh. that's just because of the child. Children under three tend to not be as cooperative. <laughs> uh, so they may not want to look at the camera. Right, right. Um, their hands are really, really, really soft. So the fingerprint isn't always readable. Huh. It just turns out to sort of just be a, um, 
a black blotch. But if the child is cooperative, we will try any child. We've done infants. Um, There is no age limit. It's just a guideline and a Mm -hmm. recommendation. But other than bringing the child, nothing else. Right. I don't know if this is a question you get or not, but it just kind of popped into my mind. Is there a reluctance to get a child fingerprinted? I mean, does that mean it's going to go into a system No, that's a great question because I get a lot of follow-up phone calls after events where someone says, I had my child done or or my mother took their grandchild to an event and had it done and I wanted to erase out of your database. Because of privacy reasons, we keep no information uh, in a database. After the event and after the card is produced, our database is deleted, wiped clean. We don't keep any information. For one, it would be an impossible task for us to maintain and Mm. update that, you know, again, since it's not our primary function. But um, for the privacy reasons for parents, so we don't keep any information whatsoever. It's just for them to keep. And, again, if you get it updated every year, then you always have something yeah. that's, that's current. Okay. We are right on the edge of our time on the county conversation, talking with uh, Lieutenant Jamila Suarez and Sergeant Donna Hans of the Fairfax County Sheriff's Office. I'm kind of kind of do an open mic for, for both of you, if either of you have anything you'd kind of like to add, either about the sheriff's office or specifically the child ID fingerprint program or the uh, child safety seat program. We mentioned the website where folks can get information. I don't know if there's a, a other direct telephone numbers or things like that, email addresses that you want to provide, but just kind of open mic. And Donna, since you went first last, I'm going to let Jamila go first this time. <laughs> okay, sure, no problem. <laughs> Put you on the spot. No, you gave the website address, which will have all the information that also lists a, a generic email address where okay. you can reach either one of our programs with any questions about scheduling, um, anything along those lines. So the website will have all of that information mm-hmm. listed. Um, but no, we're just, again, glad to come out into the community and provide this free resource. It really seems, I think, to help parents and set their minds at ease. But aside from providing the resource to the community, it's an opportunity for us as deputy sheriffs to um, provide a positive face for the agency, I think, for a lot of people. Um, it works two ways. One, the community gets to see us and interact with the sheriff's office and find out what deputy sheriffs do. Mm. And then because one of our primary functions is managing the jail, the deputies that work these assignments, they get outside of their usual work assignment mm. and get to experience something that's really positive and enriching for their careers. That's true. That's a good point. I was just going to add that on many occasions, we will work together. We have child seat technicians that also work in the child ID program so they can mix and match, so okay. to speak, and or we'll be at the same event. Right. So parents could get both the child ID done as well as their child seat checked. Right. Okay. Awesome. And again, I just want to mention both the uh, child ID fingerprinting and the uh, child safety seat programs both are free for for county residents and and non-county residents. Yeah. So awesome resource for folks to take advantage of. So if you're listening and have kids three and above, I guess, good, good criteria. For the safety seat as well, could be. It's young. anyone up until the age of eight, which is the Virginia law okay. that they have to be in a car seat, okay. whether the child is born yet or not. Okay, and then maybe three and above for the fingerprinting ID. Sure. So Okay, yeah. so if you're in that category, take advantage. FairfaxCounty.gov/sheriff uh, is the uh, web page, and then get more information. So, again, the first time we've had two guests on the mm-hmm. conversation, but you've you've both both did beautifully, and I want to thank you for the information you shared, and uh, hopefully you'll be getting a lot of requests for. Uh, safety seat inspections or child ID fingerprint cards. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thanks to you also for uh, listening to the county conversation. We appreciate you being with us. If you need to get more news and events from Fairfax County, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. You can also subscribe to the Fairfax County Newswire at fairfaxcounty.gov slash news slash subscribe. I want to thank you for listening to the County Conversation produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.